You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by KiwiCo. Our family has used Kiwi crates for years, and I love all the different crate lines they offer because truly everyone in the family can have fun. My daughter Sally is a crafter, and she especially loves these project kits. On a boring long Saturday, she will often ask me, hopefully, did a new Kiwi crate arrive? They are her favorite way to fill time. With KiwiCo's craft, engineering, or science kits, your child will have the chance to create something. Kids learn how to persist when it gets hard and have a finished product to take pride in. I'm so impressed with how KiwiCo sets kids up for success with all the instructions and materials they'll need, but still provides a way for them to make the project unique and their own. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash 3 and 30. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash 3 in 30. Welcome to 3 in 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends. Happy podcast day. Today's episode is going to be a little more informal. It springs from a real-life experience that I had and some of the lessons that I've learned from it. And to give you a little bit of context, my son's birth dad came to visit us recently. My son Noah is adopted, and we have an open adoption. And Drew comes every year in the winter, and Drew and Noah snowboard together. We go out to eat. We play board games. It is so much fun. It's truly a highlight of our year. And I was thinking back on these fun, fun trips that we have every year, and I remembered that several years ago, I recorded an Instagram Live about a meltdown that Noah had had right before one of Drew's visits. And I was trying to remember all of the details of that, and why did he melt down, and what exactly happened. I couldn't quite remember, but I remembered that I liked this Instagram Live that I had done where I had shared some of the things that I had learned from parenting my strong-willed little Noah. So I actually went back in time and found that Instagram Live. It was from three years ago, and I rewatched it. And I have to say, it was really touching to go back in time and watch Rachel from three years ago processing her experience of mothering a strong-willed little boy. And I felt proud of her for all she was learning then, and I felt proud of myself for how much more I've learned since then. And most of all, I felt proud of Noah for how far he's come since then and the journey that we've been on together and how hard we've worked. It was just really special for me to watch that and to reflect on how much this podcast has blessed my family these past five and a half years. All of the things that I have learned about parenting from podcast guests that I've been able to use in my home, how much of a difference that has made. And so I decided that I would kind of take all of you on a walk down memory lane with me and I would air the audio from that Instagram Live from three years ago. It's about 10 minutes long. And then after that clip, I'm going to come back in and I will give you three takeaways that I learned from this experience that you're going to hear about, as well as others, about what to do when your child says that they hate you or uses other strong language against you. <laughs> this has happened to me a lot over the 11 years that I've been a parent. I will say, 
it happens much less regularly now, which we'll talk a little bit about at the end. And I've tried various responses to this over the years. I've gone from being really strict about it to being softer about it. I'll tell you about everything that I've learned when I come back in with my takeaways. But first, here is the audio of that Instagram live. Hello, friends. I just dropped my kids off at skiing, and I don't know why I'm feeling like I need to share a story about what happened in our house last night. I was thinking earlier, I'll just wait and I'll record that for a podcast episode later. But I just keep feeling like, no, you can record it as a podcast episode later, but share it now on Instagram because there may be a mom who's facing a kid's meltdown or tantrum today that might want to hear about this. So I just want to share about something that happened last night when my son had a major meltdown, a major tantrum. And I do not always get it right, but I feel like doing my podcast and talking to so many parenting experts, the person who's changed the most is me. And I have been able to really take in some of the things that they've taught me and manage my kids better and differently than I ever have before because of these parenting experts that have taught me about connection and positive discipline and all those things. So I'll just tell you the scenario of what happened. So last night, my kids were fighting over the movie that they got to watch, and they know that if they fight over it, then it gets turned off. And that's just a boundary that I have with them. They know the rule, and they were fighting, and one of them kicked the other one, and I was like, enough. So I turned it off, and they were really angry. Well, both of them were angry, but especially my son, who has the way bigger personality and the intensity of emotion. And he was so angry and give us another chance and blah, blah. And I said, nope, you guys know the rule. We're not going to watch any more shows. And he just lost it. And he went into his room and started screaming, I hate you, mom. I hate you, mom. I hate you, mom. And that is really unusual for him to say that. He used to say that when he was like three, but he hasn't really said that since. He's eight now. And my instinct is like, he can't say that to me and I need to shut him down, you know? And I was in my room with my husband and my husband started to get up and he was angry and I could tell. And he got up to go and discipline him. And I said, no, stop. It's fine. And he was like, no, it's not fine. He cannot, he cannot say that to you. And I said, you're right. He can't say that to me. But now is not the time to talk to him about that. And I don't blame my husband at all because my husband is protective of me as he should be. And I'm grateful that I have a spouse that would quickly jump up and go and tell my son that he can't yell that he hates me. But I was like, just wait. You don't need to say anything. Just let him rage. And I just was thinking about my son and how it was the end of a long school week. He had been at school all week. He has a really intense personality to begin with. He's exhausted at the end of the week. And on top of that, his birth dad was coming to visit us and was on his way to see us. And he had been counting down the hours until his birth dad arrived. And he was super excited, but also, I'm sure, nervous. So my son's obviously adopted, and we have an open adoption. And that's a lot of emotion for a little guy to carry around. Like, he's so excited to see his birth dad that he absolutely loves. We all adore him. But there's probably a lot of, like, nervousness and other emotions mixed in there, too. So, like, it makes sense that this kid is blowing his top. And I've actually seen a counselor for Noah Noah has seen the counselor and I have seen the counselor. 
And she said that a kid with Noah's personality, like it's literally like he's a teapot. And if the pressure has been building all week inside of him, it has to have an outlet. It has to blow out at some point. And she said it's really good that he feels safe and he knows where to blow it out in your home. And it's it's good to let him get the steam out and then, you know, decompress a little bit. And she's just sort of taught me that as he gets older, he's going to be able to manage it and regulate it better. Like, obviously, it's not going to be OK when he's a 20 year old man for him to be screaming that he hates his mom. <laughs> but when he's eight and he's learning how to manage everything and she's just taught me and taught me to tell him you're learning and growing. And right now your mind and your body don't always agree. Your mind is saying, don't freak out. Don't talk to your mom like that. Your body is saying, I'm so angry and I want to freak out. And I've just taught my son, it's going to get easier for your mind to win. The older that you get, your mind is going to be able to control your body and your emotions. But it's okay if when you're eight years old, sometimes your body wins because my son also feels a lot of shame when he has these freakouts and these meltdowns after the fact, which I will get to in a second. So he was in his room screaming for a solid probably five minutes just over and over. I hate you, mom. I hate you, mom. I hate you, mom. And I just waited and I let it die down until I could just hear him crying, like whimpering, but the rage was gone. And I went into his room and I got in bed with him and I hugged him and he started sobbing and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, mommy. I'm so sorry I said that. I love you, mommy. I'm so sorry. And then he starts saying, I'm so stupid. And that's something that he feels a lot. Like he has these big, big emotions that he doesn't know how to control. And then afterwards, he feels a lot of shame. And that's something that we've worked with with him where he'll say, I'm so stupid. I hate myself. He's even said way worse things about himself than that. And I just rubbed his back and I said, you're not stupid. You're a human. And humans have big emotions and humans make mistakes. And he just said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I said, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I knew that I needed to have a conversation with him about the fact that you can't say that you hate your mom and you can't say that you hate your family and your loved ones. Like, that's not okay. But it wasn't the time to have that conversation with him. It wasn't the time to have it while he was flipping out and having his freak out blowout when he was actually saying it in anger. But it also wasn't the time to say it when he was so sad and ashamed of himself. And so I just comforted him and loved him. And then when he was kind of over it and let it all out, I'm like, why don't you finish up some quiet time in your room? Drew's going to be here in the next half hour, his birth dad, and everything's going to be fine. And so we finished up the quiet time. Drew got there. It was awesome. We love him. They had a great night together. And then when I was tucking Noah into bed that night, I said, hey, buddy, I need to talk to you about something. Remember earlier when you really lost your temper and you said really mean things to me? And he got kind of shamed and he goes under his cover. And I said, you know, I forgive you. I already told you I forgive you. But I want you to know that it's not OK to say that you hate your family or to say really mean cutting words when you're angry. It's never okay to hurt other people when you're angry. But you're going to get better at that. 
And like we've talked about, like you're going to get better at winning in the moment. Your brain is going to start to be able to control your body better. But I just want you to remember that we don't say hurtful things to people when we're really angry with them. That's not the right way to manage our big emotions. And he's like, you're right, mom, you're right. And like the shame was gone. He wasn't mad at himself anymore. He's like, you're right. I'm going to work on that. I'm sorry that I said hurtful words. And then we kind of joked and I said, well, it was probably because it was opposite day, right? (laughs) Because he's way into opposite day right now. And like, I knew you didn't mean that. I knew that it was opposite day and that you really love me. And he's like, you're right. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that experience for any of you that have kids with really big emotions and you don't know how to handle them and you don't know how to discipline in the moment when they're losing it. And you're like, I probably shouldn't be allowing them to act like this, but they're not in a state of mind to be reasoned with. And if you go in there with guns blazing, then they actually don't learn. They actually get angrier and it becomes about you. They don't reflect on their own behavior. They get madder at their parent. And they're like, see, she is so mean because she just yelled at me. And so it becomes about you instead of about them. And so if you can stay calm, and this is what I've learned from my guests, from my podcast guests, if you can stay calm and connected and then later talk to them about the misbehavior, they'll actually internalize it and learn from it versus it becoming a huge battle. This is a strategy that has worked over and over and over with my Noah, who is really intense and he loves really intensely. He's the sweetest little boy ever and he gets really intensely angry. And so this is how I've learned to manage it and it works so well with him. And I'm so grateful for my podcast guests that have helped me see that as well as the counselor that Noah sees and that I see. And I highly recommend counseling to everyone who struggles in their parenting or with their own stuff. I have had so much benefits from counseling. So anyway, here's a little real life parenting moment that maybe will be helpful to you this weekend if you have a kid having a meltdown. And the other key I want to say is if you have lost it on your kids, it's fine. It's fine. Just go back, talk to them, repair. That's something that Georgia Anderson, who is from Know How Mom Tips, she's an emotions coach. She teaches parents how to emotions coach. That's something that she's taught me is repair is so powerful. So if you have a kid that this morning lost their mind and you lost your mind too, and you yelled and you said something that you don't feel good about, just go to them and say you're sorry and explain that you're working on it too and talk through what happened. And then you'll do better next time. So. Have a great weekend. You guys can all do it. I'm rooting for you. We've got this. We're all in this together. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Every Plate, America's Best Value Meal Kit. Our family often chooses takeout for last-minute dinners, but I found that it tends to be more work than I realize. We still need to choose a restaurant we agree on, pick it up, and factor in wait times. In the end, it really doesn't save us that much time, and it is so much more expensive than eating at home. That's one reason why I'm so excited about EveryPlate. Their lower price is what sets EveryPlate apart from other meal kits. Their meals are even 25% cheaper than grocery shopping, so it's a good value all around. My husband recently made the caramelized onion burgers with potato wedges while I was out of town, and it was a hit. He was able to open the fridge, grab the pre-portioned ingredients, and get dinner on the table quickly. 
And I have to add that if you missed my Instagram story where I shared the videos that he and the kids took while they were making this meal, you have to go check out my highlights because they are hilarious and adorable. Ryan basically did his own cooking show, and every plate made it easy. Get started with Every Plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 3in30149. That's everyplate, E-V-E-R-Y-P-L-A-T-E dot com slash podcast. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Kids' schedules, feeding my family, home organization, marriage, friendships, travel plans, health concerns. These are a few things on my mind right now. What's on your mind, and do you have a safe place to talk about it? Even if you have great relationships and friends to process your thoughts with, sometimes it really helps to talk with an unbiased professional, and I can't recommend therapy highly enough. If you're thinking of getting started, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's done entirely online. Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3in30. Wasn't that such a fun little throwback? And now I'm going to tell you my three takeaways for what I've learned about what to do when your child says that they hate you. And you're going to hear me quote a lot of podcast guests in here because I really have learned most of the good things that I know about parenting from podcast guests. So let's dive into it. My first takeaway is be the adult. And I mean this in the most loving way possible, but so often we as parents can devolve into very childlike behavior when our children are acting out and all of a sudden we're throwing our own tantrum and that is not helping anybody. And I say that from personal experience. We can also feel this need to prove to our kids that we're boss, which reminds me of something that Danae Barahona, one of our guests, she did an episode on power struggles, and she said, you don't have to show your kids who's boss. They already know. And that has stayed with me. Our kids already know that we're the boss. So when your kid is saying awful things to you, be the adult. As Ralphie Jacobs, another former podcast guest, would say, stay safe. And what that means is continue to be loving, continue to be respectful, continue to be mature, continue to be the safe, stable person in the relationship. You are modeling for them what it looks like to control your anger when you stay safe, even as they are saying awful words at you. I haven't always been good at this, you guys. When Noah was about three, he went through a phase where he would say that he hated me and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this now, but I would wash his mouth with soap. I wouldn't actually like go full on with a soap bar or anything. I would just like put a little soap on my hands and suds him up and run him underwater just so there's like a little sudsy and then I would like wipe his mouth. And I felt like I was like, I have to show him who's boss. I have to show him that that's not okay. And now looking back on it, I feel like, Rachel, how fragile can you be? that you would let a three-year-old's words impact you that much, that you would act like a child in return. And I do not say that to shame anybody who has done that, because we've all been at our wits' end. We've all felt that urge to show our kids who's boss and to make them feel the pain of what they have done. But in my experience, at least with my very strong-willed, intense kiddo, that never helped. 
it only hurt. It made him more angry. And like I mentioned in that Instagram live, it made him fixate on me and me being mean and how I was at fault instead of thinking about his own behavior and learning about how to regulate his emotions better. All of a sudden it was, you are so mean, you just put soap in my mouth. And there was no connection to what had led to that, if that makes sense. Staying safe, staying calm, refusing to devolve into hysterics when your kids say mean things to you is a way of showing them that they can trust you because you are stable and steady and you are going to live by your values. No matter what they throw at you, it's not going to cause you to break from your values. Your second takeaway, when your kids act out, they hurl mean words or they say they hate you, is validate the emotions. All emotions are okay, even if not all behaviors are okay. And that is a direct quote from a podcast guest, Georgia Anderson. Her episode on emotion coaching literally changed my life. It's how I learned how to do this with Noah, and it changed the trajectory of our relationship. I will link Georgia's episode as well as Danae Barahona's episode on power struggles. I'll link those both in the show notes. But let me say that again. All emotions are okay, even if not all behaviors are okay. And you can teach your kids that. So you're not saying you have a free pass to hit, to scream mean words, all those things, but you are saying the emotions that you feel are okay, and let's learn new, better ways to express them that aren't hurtful to other people. But that has to happen a lot of times in conversations after the fact. That has to happen proactively. That has to happen through your modeling of how to deal with emotions. And over time, your kids will get better at this. I know that that's true because it's happened for my children. And it's happened for my Noah. He has gotten so much better. I'll see him take a deep breath and self-regulate. He's learned how to coach himself when he's starting to get angry. And it is incredibly impactful to watch him do that and to see that all the work that he and I have done together has really started to pay off in the way that he can regulate himself. And I really feel like he's learned a lot of it from the modeling that I have worked so hard to do to show him what to do when he's angry instead of lashing out and saying mean, hurtful things. I think something that's true of all human beings, kids and adults, is that sometimes when we're really hurting, we just want someone else to hurt too. And that's why sometimes when you're fighting with your partner, I don't know if you've noticed this about yourself, but I definitely have, as the argument goes on, you kind of start to say meaner and meaner things, like more cutting, more cutting, because you're hurting and you want them to hurt too. And this is not an admirable human quality, but I think that it's real. And as adults, we have the ability to see what's happening, to stop and pause and say, I'm not going to go down that route. But as kids, I think that's what's happening a lot of times for them when they lash out, when they use these really big, mean, hurtful words. It's because something inside of them hurts so much that they want to show that. They want to use words that will show just how angry they are, just how in pain they are. And they want you to hurt as well. So they're going to pull out the meanest thing that they can think to say, and they're going to say it to you. And in response, you don't have to meet their anger with anger or shame or anything else. You can say something like, wow, you are so frustrated right now. Or one of my favorite one word responses is ouch, to show them like your words hurt me. And then that sort of gets them to think a little bit about it. You might say something like, wow, that is an angry word, or you want to say words that show how big your anger is right now. I believe you. You are furious. 
Those are just some things that you might want to say to younger kids to validate the emotion while it's happening. You're not going to validate the behavior and later you can address it. But in that moment, you just have to help them understand what's happening with them. Because I truly believe that kids are scared of their own big emotions. They feel out of control. When they're that angry, they recognize it's not okay. They feel out of control. And they need an adult to basically say to them, this is what you're feeling and I'm not afraid of it. By being willing to love them through it, you're essentially saying, I'm not afraid of your big emotions and they are never going to be too much for me. I am right here, right with you. We're going to figure this out together. My third and final takeaway is this. Get outside support for yourself and for your child, especially if your child has a persistent pattern of lashing out, of having huge rage, of having these really intense emotions. Get help. You heard in that Instagram live that I found a counselor for my Noah. And the way that I found that is I just Googled play therapist and the name of our town. And a couple of different play therapists came up. I looked at their websites and I found one that I thought would be a good fit. I called and I made the initial consult appointment with her and talked through with her. I really liked her. And then Noah started going. He went about twice a month for maybe six months when his rage was the biggest, probably when he was around seven. And then we kind of weaned it down over time. I've done something similar in recent years when I noticed that he was struggling in some social settings. He's gone into middle school. I googled social pragmatics, which is a term I learned from my aunt who's an occupational therapist. You can use that term too. It's essentially teaching kids social skills, teaching kids how to interact with others in socially appropriate ways. I googled social pragmatics in the name of my city, and I found a great educator to do some coaching with Noah about this. You can ask your pediatrician if they have any resources that they would recommend. I would also add that if your child has persistent, intense emotions, anger, outbursts, you might ask your pediatrician if they can have a neuropsychological evaluation to see if there's something going on like ADHD, sensory processing disorder, autism. It's so hard to know when your kids are little what's just typical kid behavior versus what might be atypical, and that can keep us from asking for those evaluations for a long time. But here's the thing. The sooner that you find out if your kid has some additional needs, the sooner you can start getting interventions for them. I have discovered in later years that Noah has ADHD. I wish that I would have known that sooner. I had concerns for years before I actually had him tested. And I do think that if I had known about that diagnosis and read about it, because ADHD is not just hyperactivity, it's so much more than that, I could have gotten him support and help sooner that would have made a big difference in our family sooner, if that makes sense. So seek outside support for your child and for yourself. I've had moms ask me how I explained counseling to Noah. And the way that I did that when he was six, seven, when we first started, is I called his counselor an emotions teacher. And I just told him, you know, we all go to school and we learn about math and science and reading, but nobody really teaches us about our emotions and how to manage it when we have big feelings. I told him, as an adult, I went to see a counselor. That's an emotions teacher. And she taught me what to do with my really big feelings. It's made a really big difference in my life. And so I found you, an emotions teacher, that's going to help you do the same. And this is something that everybody in our family can do at some point if they need it. 
And you know what? He didn't really balk at that. I think that the stigma that we attach to counseling, children don't feel that. It might be harder with a preteen or a teenager to kind of encourage them to go. You could use some similar wording, pointing out to them that these are things that are not taught in school, pointing out to them that you have had to do your own work and you would love to help them to get that support sooner. But there are ways to make sure that your child is getting the help and the support that they need if their outbursts are frequent and intense. And I do just want to encourage you that all of this hard work, this staying patient, this staying safe, this being sturdy and allowing your kids to hurl their mean words at you without taking it overly personally, it all pays off. I already mentioned that, but my Noah has gotten so much better at regulating his emotions, and it's incredibly rewarding for me to see. So if you have a little one or a bigger one who is inclined to say I hate you or to throw mean words at you, remember these three takeaways. First, be the adult. That means staying safe, staying respectful, refusing to stoop to childlike, overly harsh behavior that will honestly just make your child more angry with you instead of giving your child the opportunity to reflect on their own behavior. The second takeaway is to validate the emotions. Remember that all emotions are okay, even if not all behaviors are okay. And it's important for you to show your kids that no emotion is too scary for you to stay with them. And third and finally, get your child outside support if you see a pattern in the ways that they are managing their emotions. Do some Googling, ask a pediatrician for resources, ask the school for resources, and get them the help and the support that they need. My friends, I hope this informal episode, this story from my life, this peek back in time, walk down memory lane, has been meaningful to you. I will link some additional resources for you in the show notes if you want to dive deeper into this topic. You are a good mom and your kids are so lucky that they have you. I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.